0: All right, hello Vineyard. Hello Welcome, Vineyard. welcome to our uh, our podcast. <laughs> I'm Steve. This is Alice, My and uh, we're still sort of not back in the studio yeah. yet. We got a little work in the sanctuary going on, so we're uh, we're just doing this uh, as simply as we can. And and this is our uh, sort of our Vine Press, um, where I answer some questions. And you know, hello Vineyard was. Uh, just sort of give you a you know a heads up on little things that are happening those of you that are attending in person know we're doing some remodeling in the sanctuary and that's going well yeah. uh, another few weeks of that we're really trying to have it uh, all done by Easter anyway so yeah. um that's kind of the hope so we're pushing through that and I'll be on the third beatitude this week blessed are the meek mm-hmm. and uh, for they will inherit the earth and so I'm going to looking forward to digging into that uh there's some interesting stuff if you want to get a little heads up, um, you can actually go ahead and read Psalm 37, because Jesus is paraphrasing there, Psalm 37. Yes. And, uh And so, you know, if you, sometimes you like to get a little ahead of things, that's where I would go with that. And um, I, I think it's going to be a good weekend. We're looking forward to it. Valentine's Day, we'll be celebrating that. Yes. We. Hoping to have a place for you when you come. If you show up in person, to have a little photo selfie, op or a little yeah. selfie spot mm-hmm. that we're putting together. We have a baptism on Saturday. We're excited yeah, about looking, uh, forward to that. looking forward to that. Got some folks. Glad being, I'm not
1: going in the water. Yeah, I know. it might be a little cold, but got some folks being <laughs>
0: baptized. And then <laughs> actually Sunday morning, we have two baby dedications. So yeah, we're lots of a lot of neat uh, community mm-hmm. people stuff happening. So, so we're excited about that. So that's kind of where we're at.
1: Cool. And,
0: uh, Let's, uh, as we might say sometimes, Doug, this one, I would say without too much more ado.
1: Not too much more ado. No We're further ado. No further ado. Let's
0: try and answer uh, the questions uh, that we have.
1: Question number one. Are you ready? Yes. Is that your final answer?
0: Yes. Do okay.
1: It. I'm reading your Bible reading plan in the Daily Strength Training book. Thank you.
0: If you, and if you don't know... I, I do, wish I
1: had a copy of one to show everybody, but yeah, he does not have one here. I don't. I gave
0: them all away. Yeah. lots of, We gave lots and lots and lots of those books yeah. away. You can get them now, though, online. If you go to... Uh, and uh, probably the easiest way, just go to onlinebibleinstitute.org, yeah. the Bible Institute that I started. Scroll down to the bottom, and there's links to those books. Yeah. And you can just download them on your readers. Um, They're just
1: little devotionals. One's in the Psalms, one's in the Proverbs, yeah. and it's, it's and, really nice. And daily
0: strength training is, uh, is a type of prayer called the daily office, yep. but also has a Bible reading in it. Okay, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. All
1: right, you ready? Yep. I'm reading in Job, and chapter 1 Six and two, one that would be chapter one and chapter two. Say Satan came to present himself before God along with the sons of God. It seems odd that Satan had access to the presence of God. The last sentence in chapter two sounds strange too. Please explain. Okay,
0: so yes, let me let me do my best to to explain. Anyway, um, Job Job one six says on the day the angels. Um, Came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. So, in Hebrew, that what they're translating there, uh, angels. In a lot of translations, in some would say uh, the sons of God. So, on the day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and then Satan, which is the accuser, also came with them. That's Job 1:6. Job 2:1. On another day, the angels again, that would be the sons of God, came Mm -hmm. to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, the accuser, also came with them to present himself before him. So that's Mm -hmm. it. And then the the verse that was asked about is actually the third verse of chapter 2. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And there's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil and still maintains his integrity. Uh, And though you incited me against him, we ruin him without any reason. Mm. So that's the one that's in question. All right. So let's talk about this. What's going on? In Job, is that it sort of peels back everything, and we get a glimpse into um, the heavenly realms, if, yeah. if you would. So, yeah. so that's kind of what's happening, and we don't fully understand everything that's going on there, but we get this picture into it. Now, um, what's the enemy doing there? All right, and and the bigger question here is that with the angels: it's who are the sons of God? It's actually. Right. Trans the the word is Elohim, mm. and and there's there is the Elohim which would be God Himself, but there's also Elohim, which is a whole the, the realm of spiritual beings. Okay. Here's how I understand it. You you may or may not agree with me, and that's okay. As long as we all love Jesus, we'll be okay. <laughs> um, the the Elohim, uh, the spiritual beings. I understand it this way: that God created. A spiritual family as well as a human family, right. um, And and so you, you have to think in those terms. Well, the spiritual family that he created, spiritual beings, they um, uh, they also had choices to make. Yeah. And some of them chose to not follow God, just like people do. Yeah. Uh, and and so you you have this whole group of. Spiritual beings who have gone off in their own strength now mm-hmm. they're not um, they 're not bigger than God or stronger than God. God is still God, but he he wanted to have this spiritual family and this human family, and somehow at some point um, you know we would we're all going to get back together again, all who want to follow God mm-hmm. and follow Jesus, which would be all people who repent and all spiritual beings who didn 't choose to go their own way um, and so uh, the, when they 're talking about the sons of god they 're talking about um, these spiritual beings that God created mm-hmm. and and some of them have gone um, off in rebellion and they are actually alluded to throughout the scripture and and so you 'll see them pop up if you 're looking for them right. now some people want to say that these sons of god oh they 're talking about you know um, uh, human leaders or stuff like that or whatever they're, but they 're not these are this spiritual family that God created and some of them rebelled and they they all had access in the family so the enemy was uh, Satan was one who had rebelled also when it talks about the satan it, they may be using that term as the accuser it could be different uh, uh there there's one specific Satan, I'm sure, uh, accuser, you know, Lucifer, however we know him. But a lot of these other spiritual beings could operate in that role, apparently. Mm-hmm. So you're never really exactly sure who you're dealing with. Um, but in this case, you see that the spiritual family still had access to the presence of God. Right. And the enemy was one of them. Um, uh, and and so that's kind of the bigger picture that's going on there. Um, now... Uh, so why does it? And verse three does sound a little funny, you know. Uh, you incited me against him. Right. It, it's, it looks like it was going there without any reason. Mm. And what the what the enemy does says because you know God is kind of saying, check out Job. He's he's right on, right. and the enemy, of course, he's right on. You you give him, you blessed him in every way. Right. And uh, and so God says, well, you know, I, I think it's more than that. So you know, you can you can undo what's happened, some of it, and mm. let's see what happens. Now that's what a lot of people struggle with, because it looks like poor Job is yeah. in good shape. You know, if we're in good, how how can right. this happen? Well, um, it's a bigger dynamic than we're used to looking at, and so uh, so there's there's more to the story. Now, mm-hmm. the next question I got actually kind of works into this, and and so why don't you ask me that next okay. question?
1: This one is in light of your talk on mourning and comforting. What is your take on job's comment, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away
0: so um it's it's interesting comment and and yet so the the scripture it doesn't teach that that God is the author author of pain and suffering. you need to see that that's the enemy's thing that's right. what he does yeah. that's what he brings in at the fall. none of that was happening before it was all introduced that's all the enemy's territory and when you peel back and see what happens um you can see that it's the Satan who inflicts all that mess on Job, not God. Right. God just seemingly says he, he, he allows it. Now, why in the world would God divinely allow suffering to happen? And, <laughs> and this is where we, you know, uh, this gets a tough one. Well, ask why he would come on and take that suffering on, right. on our behalf. It was something that was introduced at the fall, but we also know that God can use it. Um, so, so that's something that you have to understand. Instead of blaming God for it, mm-hmm. you always, it's the enemy who's responsible for it, but God can take and use it and can use it in good ways. And unfortunately, um, in this fallen world, suffering's part of the deal. Uh, and and yet Job, Job ultimately got that, that he may never fully understand God's ways, but he was still going to trust him because he still knew that he was God. Yeah. And and he has some interesting discourse in there when he is kind of going well, what's up? And God says, where were you when I did all this yeah. stuff? And and you know, ultimately it's a trust issue. Don't worry, I got you. Yeah. And 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 yet, in the midst of suffering, that's a very hard thing to hang on to, because none of us want that. I don't want that. I don't like. I don't even like little aches and pains. No.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Uh, gotcha. I don't care for any of those things. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but so, so Job never understood the reasoning. By God allowed it, right. but he he did accept the fact that he didn't understand everything, and yeah. that God was good, mm-hmm. and that he could trust in that. So, um, we often will we'll get stuck in trying to figure out why something's happening instead of just remembering that, that ultimately we just have to trust God and that he has taken care of everything at the cross. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's some life in there. I know that might be hard in the midst of going through it, but ultimately God's got you. Um, Your eternal life has already started. If you're a believer, it's not a, it's not a pass on hard things and, and don't always try and people always want to try and make a a thing between, well, if something bad happens, it has to be right. punishment. What did you do? What have I done? And it's just, it's a bigger picture than that. Yeah. And so you have to think outside of that. And, and ultimately that's what Job gets to. If you read the whole book, he gets to it. So I can't just make it these simple little a plus B equals C all the time, and don't we? I think we have a tendency. We'd love a formula. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, if we
0: could get a formula that we could always use that made God, you know, work on our behalf, well, then we'd, we'd be good. But yeah. it's it's not how it works. The, the The ultimate thing is you have to trust Him, and in a fallen world, on a broken planet, all kinds of stuff goes on that that yeah. you know is difficult and hard, and we have to deal with it and press into it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, those are the things. We have a very real enemy. He is an accuser. Mm-hmm. Um. And and in this life, you know, Jesus. I'm pretty sure Jesus says you will have trouble. It's not like yeah. you may or you may you will, will. But know that I've overcome the world. And so, you know, we ultimately have to understand that we can trust Him and that He's got us and that He's faithful. And we we just won't figure everything out. And that's really hard for us. We we ultimately want to think we can figure everything out. And you just can't. Um, yeah. And so and and that that answer I just gave you won't satisfy some some people. I know. And I and but. Yeah. Um. You and, and there's always the the moment we try and sort of get God into a box that we can manage. <laughs> God just can't be put in a box. Yeah. I, I've been telling people this a lot lately. God is so much bigger than people think He is. Uh, they keep thinking God is so small and can only work. And and God is God. He doesn't have to micromanage things. He can take whatever's going on and move it towards where we're heading. And uh, you know. We know how this thing works out, and all of that's coming It's just us waiting on it until we get there so um so that's kind of I think answers both those last couple of questions. It's you know um yeah, uh,
1: to some degree, I mean, you know
0: yeah, that it's we just have to trust him. Uh, every good thing is from the Lord and 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 if if something good is is gone we still have to trust that god is still good Mm -hmm. and and we may not understand it and and that's just part of the package
1: sometimes in those moments is where your relationship with the lord grows the most because you're at the end of all your answers and that's when god loves to come in and show you himself and Continue to make you a display of yeah. his splendor.
0: Yeah, Isaiah, that's a that's a great passage.
1: Okay, so you ready? Number three, is mourning similar to grieving in the way that it's a process? Can you get past it and still walk with a limp, or do you need to think about your sin and sit in it often?
0: No, I don't. I I I don't think you need to sit in your sin um, at all because you're forgiven. What you do need to sit in is the fact that you, you're broken and need to be forgiven. Um, but no, to, to torment yourself with your sin is it's just not, not where you want to be. I mean, you, could, you can get lost there really quickly, and that's not a good place to be. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I would, I would think that all of us could just curl up in a ball in shame and things that we've done in, in our lives um before knowing jesus and even after knowing jesus just like oh and and you would become useless you you would you know you would just get paralyzed in the in the shame and the guilt of it but that's that's where the enemy kicks in what we have to realize is um we're desperately in need of god and that that needs to be a constant anytime we think that well i don't need god anymore you know i'm I'm so together now that I'm, I never have to worry about sinning again because I'm arrived. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That will, that will take you down quick. Um, uh, And, uh, and so it just, it's changes. So I think it's, it's being aware of, um, because I don't, I don't, you don't have to get stuck in your past stuff. You can, you can be pretty aware of your current Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot if you're being in in, in tune to realize Mm -hmm. where you're falling short. I mean, I, all I need to do is go for a drive and
1: <laughs> which we just did.
0: And then, you know, uh, uh, I'm like, or, bike ride. or uh, anything yeah. that is, um, why are you, why are people in my way? I, you know, I just want to go and do this. Why are, why are these, why do
1: they I, know who you think you are? I,
0: are. <laughs> and I, I'm immediately aware of the fact yeah. of my own brokenness because I just wanted to go my way. And it's like, it's not, it's so much bigger than that. So, um, so yeah, so walking with a limp is that realization that phew, I'm a broken mess. However, I'm also a child of the King, and I'm healed, and I'm whole, and that's how He sees me. But uh, you know, I, I realize that it's because of what He's done, not because of what I've done, and that I need Him to continue to do that, or I'm or I'm just going to be wrecked. And and so it's a constant, but not um not in a not in a sitting in it kind of way. You're forgiven if you've asked. You know, when you come to know Jesus, that mess is dealt with. Yeah and
1: um anything you ask forgiveness for and truly repent for even after you're a christian he yeah.
0: forgive us our yeah. sins as we forgive yes. those against him yes. you know and that's should be a, a fairly regular thing in our lives people go well i ask for forgiveness yeah i get it and you're forgiven but i still i have enough stuff every day i can come up with new stuff you know but whoops I just want to keep short accounts mm-hmm. with god mm-hmm. and i want to make sure that I'm aware of my need for forgiveness. See, being aware of your need for forgiveness will also help you be forgiving, which mm-hmm. keeps you from being judgmental. Mm-hmm. And all those I, sort of attitudes stop you from loving people mm-hmm. well. Because you start to judge them. And once you start judging people, you don't love them well. You can't. Mm-hmm. Just, you just label them, and then, then you treat them differently than they need to be treated. And, and that's not what we're called to. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I always think about walking with a limp is just having a lot of humility in your leadership position or in any position in life, maybe at your work. It's just being humble and knowing that you're, you know, you need your savior. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. It's very good. Yeah. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Knowing someone who was convinced that the world was ending in a biblical way due to mental illness, I have a wall up that almost always blocks me from imagining all things new. What would be your advice to get past this so that I can fully enjoy my ability to imagine all things new? You know, just, um, yeah. it's, it's sad
0: when we have an experience in our lives, especially from someone that's mentally ill and, and they're, they're taking something and making it wrong or, or modeling it badly. Um, but just because something has some, or something or someone has has um, demonstrated uh, not a good way around things, doesn't mean that we should exclude it altogether. Mm-hmm. And so we want to look at how do we do that in the right way, and how do we see it the right way. Mm-hmm. And and people, uh, I I see all the time people, you know, talking about the like, okay, well if we don't do this, we don't do this. It's inviting the end of the world. Right. And and I want to go, you know, a we're not that powerful. B um, we're kind of looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it needs to take the sting out of it. That's a very temporal viewpoint because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm patiently waiting for all things new, but I can hardly wait. Um, and, and so, you know, there's that balance, like I'm not going to rush it, you mm-hmm. know, because that's not my job, but, uh But I like to think about that in those, you know, really difficult. And we talked about some hard things earlier and and in the midst of suffering everything, it's difficult now, you know, on days when everything is good and you're, you know, you're enjoying good relationship with one another and you're having some fun and everything. It's kind of hard to go, but still that balance in there in the fallen world stuff. So it just, cause some things have been, it's like, Maybe I just had this thought, you know, I was trying to think of something like that. Like some people have had bad church experience. And so what they do is stop going to church. Right. Instead of, well that was a bad church experience, but I know that I should I need a good church mm-hmm. experience. Okay. I need to keep looking for one. Right. And and you know, there's never a perfect church experience. Um, but the, you know, you, there's, there are places where you can go and find people that love Jesus who you can wrestle with and, yeah. and, you know, iron sharpens iron and all of that. Mm-hmm. And and so you don't want to let a, a bad experience or multiple bad experiences keep you from pursuing right. The, the right experience. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we find that, uh, to be true, I think in a lot of areas of life. So mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know, just realize that, that you, uh, just keep focused on Jesus. Keep your walk in Him, yielding the Holy Spirit, and and knowing in those in that longing that that you everybody can relate to. It once they once we talk about it, there's a longing for more. And as good as this can be, this life, it's always there's always something there that longs for more. Just know that it's coming, but we're not to rush it. And you know, we we stay focused. Remember, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, life is like this immediate thing around us. You know, this life in Christ is is it's got this big picture to it but it's really played out in our day-to-day moment to moment relationship with him and with others yes, with it's always relationship closest to us yeah, yeah yeah and and you know and the encounters that we have and the things right. that happen so so you want to stay in there and then when it's really difficult then you you know you know like wow this is hard and and mm-hmm. people are hard sometimes mm-hmm. and and You know, why are they in my way or whatever? And you realize it's not always going to be like this. And and people are broken and they're a mess and we're a mess. But there's this time coming when everything gets renewed renewed and restored. And and so I hope for that. And that gives me strength then to plug back in and continue to live this life Mm -hmm. the best that I can, you know, trying to do the next right thing and trusting God. That's good. So good question. That's good.
1: Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Do you think that mourning could also mean grieving the letting go of our old selves to be born again in
0: Christ? Yeah, sometimes, I, yeah. you know, that it just depends on how you come into this thing, I think. I, you know, for me, there was I was such a mess when I came in that there wasn't much that I wanted to hang on to. So I was pretty glad to get rid of it. Uh, so Thank it wasn't you. a it wasn't a big loss you know or a sadness um in that I was glad I think for other folks you know who come into this thing it could be that they that it just takes a while to make that transition but but um uh um you know it, it just depends I think on everybody's situation on on yeah. how they're coming into it and what it looks like and and uh you know some people it's hard for them to, some people struggle with, well, if I'm a believer, then it means that I can't can't do all these other things. And they right. think somehow they're going to miss that. Right. But I think in, in my story, I've, I've told people that, um, you know, when I was first really presented the gospel um, by somebody who I listened to and we, we went around and around in the scriptures. I didn't know the Bible. He was very thorough and, and told me all those things. And it was late. And he, he asked me, you know, would you like to be a Christian? And the idea sounded OK to me, except I couldn't figure out how they had any fun. And I said, no, based on that, because it, it meant sort of walking away from everything that I considered fun, which all would right. be partying and all that other stuff. Yeah. Right. And but and you were
1: young. You were 19. I was
0: young. Yeah. And, and yet the realization was that there was no life in any of that stuff. You know, so so there was a, you know, there was that initial fight for me because I then I waited another six years Um To to make the decision to follow Jesus. And then at that point, I was like, realized it was so messy that I didn't want to hang on to any of it. But um, there's there's kind of that. Yeah. That's
1: good. That's good. Okay. The only thing I mourn about those days was that my body didn't hurt all the time. (laughs) The aches and pains of old age. Yeah. Okay. Last one. And this is, he does want us to say it even though it's a personal question. yeah. Okay. personal question. As a leader, how do you deal with difficult people or busybodies stirring things up among the congregation? Would your approach change at all? Change it all if you were dealing with a difficult family member, stirring up family issues, or would you deal with it the same way? Advice for biblically taking the high road, please. May the Lord bless and keep you. Know.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, difficult people in ministry. Good question. So let's really kind of good. deal with it from the ministry aspect. Um, we're all difficult. So,
1: <laughs> That's
0: true. This is going yeah. to be part of it. And there are some people that stir things up. It's just kind of what they do. So how do you handle it? Every situation is different. Mm -hmm. I I would say this, though, especially for, uh, because I got ministry students watching this. Mm -hmm. Um, If you never, if you have a situation with a person or just a small, tiny group of people, always deal with them directly. Never try and deal with it from your platform. Never. And because what will happen is, that everybody who needs to hear it won't hear it. Right. And the people who do hear it didn't need to hear it. And now you have a whole other set of issues. Right. So I've I've seen people do that and it's not in a good way where some they'll have a little tiny issue, get up to try and address it in front of everybody and now you have a huge issue.
1: That's actually very toxic. Yeah. You, and you just want to stay out of toxic work environments all or you know, that kind of yeah. environmental
0: so um so then you have to sort of, for me, I have to weigh the issue. Is it something that I really do need to address? How did I hear it? Um, I, I tend not to get too concerned about things that I hear second and third hand. Mm-hmm. If they if they can't come to me with it, then it's not really fair for them to come through other channels, okay. um, depending on what the situation is. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that sometimes. And then I have to weigh, is it something that I do need to address? And maybe I will. Or, you know, is it is it just... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because is it a big deal or not? Is it, uh, I look at things, is it something that I, I need to check on myself? Is that a problem? You know, I don't ever want to think that it's, things aren't a, a situation that maybe I have to address. I if there's a passage of scripture, it'd be a great little study for you, where David is, uh, he's kind of on the run, and somebody's throwing rocks at him from behind a wall, and uh, his his guy says, should I go and kill that guy? And, and David says, no, don't do that. Maybe, maybe he's got a legitimate reason for throwing rocks at us. We might need to think about it. Yeah. And I often will think about that. Um, yeah, you're throwing rocks at me. Uh, I want you to stop, but maybe, I'm, maybe I deserve a rocking. Uh, you know, a, not a full <laughs> stoning, but a, a rocking.
1: A toss of a rock. Yeah, so,
0: um, so I try and weigh them that way. Um, so there's that. Now, yeah. would, would it change in a family? Absolutely. Different, different situation. Mm-hmm. Now, in families – Um, I think mostly, most importantly is learning to set healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, that's very hard in families, especially if they have, that hasn't been happening. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, you know, a boundary would, is a place where you sort of say, uh, you know, this is where I, I finish, uh, you know, you I finish here and you start over there. We have this boundary and sometimes we get them all clouded and we don't know what that looks like in a family. Where do we stop and start? And so we need to sort of have that in place. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, it's situational. What, what is the situation? Um, you know, we've had to deal some things in our families, obviously, over time. And it was, did it need to really be addressed? Uh, or is it something that we could just pray about? If it wasn't addressed, was it going to cause harm um, mm-hmm. to our children right. or to us? Right. Uh, it, you know, or, or and, and then how do we address that? Or do we just not participate in those times? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had, I'm not going to get into personal situation. There would be times in family situations where um, it would be fine in the beginning of the day, <laughs> but by the end of the day, it be would right. no longer be fine. Yeah. And at some point we just decided we would extract ourselves. Yeah at the first sign of things going south and we would just say goodbye yeah. and lovingly not be a part of that, um, rather than stay in that fray and and have to deal with that. That kind of took a while, but that's boundary setting. That's mm-hmm. saying, no, yeah, that's not okay for me. Yeah. And you don't have to do it mean. And you don't have to be, you know, I'm sure that, that we were always talked about when we left early. Uh, this
1: is when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. With our kids. Yeah. No, no,
0: no. I'm just talking in about yeah. in a bigger family sense, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and but I, you
1: kind of got to be okay with with um with the talk. As long as your boundary says I love you but no. That's how boundaries should always be set in love, not in anger. And so when you do that, it you sometimes you just got to sit with that uncomfortableness if it is a boundary setting issue, but at the end of the day when you lay your head down and you knew you were true to yourself and true to your family and true to your kids, it's okay. Cuz eventually that's all going to work out. And I would say that's the same in a cer- in a church situation. And, you know, I just I've actually had to change the subject sometimes with church members or I have to go where I know it's not something I'm going to speak into because it's, it's just silliness, you know, and I, I know that's going to go. And I think as leaders, if we focus on those things, it takes you out and you'll want to fix it. And if I can just say the less you try to fix and the less you leave to God, there are certain things you have to be your staff that has to be, that has to be clean and good, but the less you try to fix and the more you leave it to God in some of those situations, the longer you're going to last in ministry. Yeah. So, um, and not everybody's going to like that. They're going to want to draw you in to their kind of chaos. And, 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 as a leader, God will give you the discernment. You'll know in your gut this is nothing I this is something I can't walk into or I can't move into. Right.
0: Yeah. And you can't fix all of them and some mm-hmm. people would want you to fix things yeah. and then because and maybe they've had inappropriate stuff happening before with people who tried to fix other stuff and speak into it. It's yeah. really just a discerning, listening, trying to be settled and true to who you are mm-hmm. and and then, you know, what you can and what god would have you move into and what mm-hmm. he wouldn't you know a lot of times people present me with problems that are too big i immediately know i think thank goodness because it's so big there's <laughs> nothing i can good. do yeah. so and and you know uh, and that's good because then i have to know that you know i have to trust that god's going to move into it in some way and maybe there's some little thing i can do but it's like yeah. uh, that's way too much for me yeah. to even begin to take in mm-hmm. so uh
1: referring people to the counselor. always yeah, yeah it's good to have a counselor <laughs>
0: So the high road, you know, biblically, just love people well. Mm-hmm. But loving people well sometimes means saying no, believe it or not. No, that's not okay. That's not healthy. That's not safe. That's not good for any of us. You know, let's, let's make sure we have some sort of clean lines.
1: I'm sorry. Um, Somebody's just going off here on my phone.
0: It's Alicia. Okay, I'll look at it in a minute. Yeah, she couldn't get in. Okay. All right. So. Uh, sorry. We'll be we'll we'll check on that here in just a moment. But uh <laughs> and
1: that's
0: it. Yeah, so uh, we'll say goodbye so we can go and find yeah. out what's happening and God bless uh, you guys. We love you guys and we will uh, we'll be talking to you soon. So goodbye, Vineyard. Yep,
1: have a great Valentine's Day if we don't see you. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for watching today's service from
0: Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.